The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Welcome back to the Secrets of Technology podcast. I'm Kim Commando, America's digital goddess, and I never miss an episode. You're listening to the Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hi, Father Andrew. Hello there. And Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Dom. Uh, yes, and uh, speaking of technology, folks, uh, Joanne and I, are we, we live near each other, and we're both sitting underneath giant uh, thunderstorms that are passing overhead. I lost power for uh, like two seconds before we started recording, so uh, who knows if this podcast will ever get finished and will complete. But that actually, that is, uh, I want to give a tip, battery backups. We've talked about them before, saves, saves my bacon, I have the computer on the battery backup. That will help me out if power goes out, the computer doesn't have to reboot, all that sort of stuff. So uh, the, I just have to wait for the Internet to come back. So battery backups. <laughs> so, Lucky man. Yes, yes. Well, th- <laughs> thank you to patrons because you, you pay for the equipment that uh, helps us keep doing this. So uh, I want to start with a little bit of listener feedback. Uh, we got an email from Melanie, not my wife, Melanie, but a different Melanie who said, you mentioned on the most recent episode that you use Plex to stream your home movies. I'd love to hear more about how you do this. I've heard of Plex, but since I don't have a large DVD collection and my DVD player still works, I haven't looked into it. However, being easily able to watch home movies would be appreciated by my entire family, and if Plex can, Plex can help make this happen, then I need to check it out. Yeah, well, so the, the Plex for home movies is pretty much the same as it is for movies and TV shows. There's a you you need a place where the Plex app runs, the server runs. So whether it's a network attached storage or it's a extra computer in your house or something along those lines. And the, uh, then you run the Plex server software and then there would be a directory or folder on that either computer or NAS that would be labeled. There's, there's usually three that Plex set up uh, videos, TV and home video. And so you just anything that you want to show up as a home video to play through your your TV or, or through the Plex app. Uh, and if you have a Apple TV or Roku or a Chromecast, you can play it there or Amazon Fire. You can play it on your regular TV. Uh, you just drop those home video files in the folder that's labeled home video. And then Plex will just pick them up automatically. You go into the Plex app, you navigate to the, the home video section, and you'll see them all there. So it's... Uh, it's pretty simple like that, right? Am I missing anything? No, but the another added advantage is that you can also download these videos to your iPad if you want to take it with you on a trip, if you're going someplace where you can't get connectivity, if you want to take them when you go see family to show them the home videos. So you've got that ability to do that. Just remember when you're it, it, when you label these things, movies are easier than TV shows. Right. TV shows require a little bit more work. Because you got to do season and uh, episode. Yeah, and home videos, like if your home videos are already in like iCloud, they'll already be on your phone and your iPad. 
you, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So the benefit here is if you want, if you have Plex through your TV, then you can, you know, on a holiday, 4th of July is coming up. You could have a big, you know, the TV playing the home videos of the, for, as, when your home family's over visiting or having a pool party, something, that sort of thing. Just to just to clarify, um, my, is my understanding correct that the kind of the draw for the Plex would be is that you're storing these locally, so you're yes. not you're not downloading right. them, streaming them from the internet like Netflix or something, but it's right. it's a local thing that's just streaming from your computer to your to your TV. So there's no lag. You know, if you don't have internet, you can still do a home network and stream to the TV. Exactly. And yes. so so I you know that that's kind of helpful in my mind to differentiate that because I. I just used iTunes and Apple Apple TV shows and movies, but that's strictly streaming, not it's on my local hard drive. Right, exactly. Yeah, I I um I like have ripped a bunch of my old DVDs. I have a box of DVDs in a mm-hmm. closet. I've ripped all those and the Blu-rays and TV shows. I got seven seasons of Lost. You know, I get all that <laughs> on my Plex because yeah. uh, you know it's easier than hauling out of the DVD or or Blu-ray. Uh, but I also have all the like tons of these videos that you know these short videos uh you, you know even just the stuff that that came off of my camera roll you know just like 30 seconds of this that and the other thing they're all on there um but if you have videos that you've edited together you can put those in there too and you can categorize them and, and organize them yeah it's uh yeah and that's the benefit is it's local it's here it's on mm-hmm. it's on your network yeah many of us didn't want to rebuy streaming stuff that we already had right so it's just easier to do it this way. Yeah, yeah, for the yep. TV shows and movies. Yep. Awesome. Excellent. So uh, so thank you, Melanie, for your, your email and uh, your feedback. We love getting feedback from listeners, and uh, hopefully that helped out. Uh, I want to switch to talking about our, pr- our primary segment for our primary topic for today, which is pet technology. Now, I'm not a pet owner, but we can't have dogs, which is to my chagrin because I love dogs. Uh but uh, or, or cats, I like cats too. But uh, we can't have pets with hair. <laughs> so I'm going to turn to my two pet owner co-hosts here, uh, Joanne. I know you've had a dog, and three three dogs. Okay, <laughs> and Father, you you recently became a pet owner, right? Correct. Yeah, um, I had some friends who had a um, four year old blue healer, and they have a they have a one and a half year old, and and Piper the dog just couldn't handle gianna crying Uh and so they they offered her to me and as a pastor i'm able to have a dog and this is kind of the only situation that i would say yes because she was already house trained you know and she already knows me and you know i i don't have time to to train a puppy so so i said yes and i was very interested in what kind of pet tech there is out there yes because you know we're geeks everything every new thing that comes into our life we have (laughs) to figure out a way to get technology involved in it so yeah and i and i grew up with dogs we had border collies when i was a kid but none of that was tech related at all it was you know I was the the dog feeder, you know, or, <laughs> right. you know, it was exactly there's no automation here. You were the pet GPS. Right. <laughs> Rover. <laughs> 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 well, let's talk about some pet technology as we get into this, because uh, I'm sure you either both of you have either bought some or ha- or have been looking into it. So let's talk about the the that particular question right up front, the pet tracking that's a big thing now. Again, when I when I was a kid, we had dogs and cats, and uh, we didn't have tracking. And this like microchipping and that sort of thing t- today. But there's also like find my find my dog sort of stuff, like find my phone. W- what's out there for helping people find their dog if it gets out or their cat? 
Yeah. So I, I, this was kind of the first thing that I started to look into and, uh, I, um, kind of asked some friends who were very much in the know on this sort of thing. And the, the general consensus was that the best kind of GPS collar out there would be a collar called Phi. That's F I. And, um, so the idea behind it is that it's, it's a GPS collar. So it's, it's not a, you know, it doesn't connect your Wi-Fi, but it uses GPS signals and it will track your, your dog. And, you know, if you're going for a walk, it'll point out if you're going for a walk. In fact, um, on Piper, it tells me how many steps she puts in so she can like, (laughs) she can compete. Yeah. She can (laughs) compete with all the other, uh, blue healers out there and she's ranked, you know, so there's a, there's a social thing to it too, which is okay, whatever. Um, but, but the key thing there is that, um, you set up a, a GPS kind of fence, if you will. And if that collar goes outside of the fence, it will recognize if it's near your phone. So it, it knows that, you know, you're taking Piper out for a walk and you're the owner. Um, or like my parents were here this past weekend and I kept getting notifications on my phone because my mom was taking Piper out for a walk. And every time she'd leave the rectory, it was Piper is at such and such street without an owner. And so you get notifications if they leave that that vicinity. And of course, I knew my mom was walking her. So no, no big deal. Um, but there's also so so you get notifications and you can have a, a lost dog mode that it'll it'll try to track that and you can um, use that to find your dog. Um, so it's just it's just really helpful if if you have a dog that's potentially prone to, you know, escaping and uh, running away or a valuable, dog, um, you know, somebody. right, right. Uh, the, the, the downside of this is that it is pricey. It's $150 for the collar itself. And then it's a hundred dollars a year for a subscription for the GPS tracking. Um, if you buy multiple years, it's cheaper, but, um, so that's, that's the only downside. Um, the, the other option that I potentially was going to go into and I didn't was, um, it was also suggested using like Apple air tags or even tile. And in fact, one of my picks will relate to this, uh, at the end of the show. But, uh, the problem with the Apple air tags, um, in my particular situation is that they can be problematic in more rural areas because they're using other Apple devices to try to locate. So I didn't want to go down that road. Uh, so I went with the Fi, and it's probably overkill for me, but I guess you could consider Piper my, my little kiddo, if you will. So <laughs> I kind of told everybody as I was getting there, I was like, okay, she is going to get spoiled. So yes. <laughs> um, besides my nieces and nephews and, and godchildren, but yes. so. No, that's, that's what happens with dogs. <laughs> you end up spoiling. Them, but <laughs> right. And believe me, over 30 years, we've had three of them and I'd say two and a, two were spoiled. One was not <laughs> because we learned after a while. But I think the Phi collar looks like it's the smartest thing because the GPS is built into the collar itself. As somebody who has seen her dogs chew her tags, oh, I yeah. would be really concerned with Apple AirTag or Tile. Because they can get at those tags on their collars when they're bored. And she chewed her, you know, all three chewed their rabies tags and their, and their identification tags. So this collar looks to be, the, and, and you know, the $100 a year, with everything else you spend, <laughs> all the other money you spend on toys, treats, you know, and then the eight, regular eight food Eight bucks a month, stuff. that sort of thing, yeah. 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 It's, it's 
I think it, it sounds like it's well worth it. It sounds like something I would look into with our next one because it doesn't matter if they're prone to running or, or what, what we call escape being an escape artist, but sometimes they just get spooked or sometimes there are foxes or other animals in the area. And they and, chase. Yeah. Piper yeah. will see a squirrel and just go after <laughs> and it. So, there you yeah. go. Squirrel. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, and 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 the uh, the phi sounds like a better it's a solution than the air tag or the tile because like you said it those depend on other things being nearby other technology being close by to help you track it and they don't tell you when the dog or your cat uh, goes outside the the geo fence so it it feels I wonder if I can get one for the kids. Never mind. Uh, so <laughs> that's why I give them an iPhone. Uh, true. <laughs> so uh, the, okay, they're good. So uh, tracking technology. Let's. Uh, how about another one? Uh, a lot of times, I mean, in the past year, people have been working from home. They got their their pets nearby. But you know, when we go back to work or where we uh, have to go out places, uh, sometimes we want to we we worry about what they're doing at home and that sort of thing. What can what technology is there for for that when our we leave our pets at home? Now I've used the Wise Cams when, especially as my dogs got older and they were not feeling well, so I wanted to check in on them. It was it's they're very small. They're very, and now I, I've been reading up on them. I have a first generation one. The third generation now is beginning to recognize dogs and cats from humans. Oh, nice. Okay. From, from Cause packages, because it, it'll do all yeah. that other kind of stuff, too. It could do facial rec that. before, but now mm-hmm. it can do pet recognition. Nice. Now it can do pet. So it's... It, they're very inexpensive. I think they run what are they like twenty nine, thirty two dollars. Yeah, they're really piece. inexpensive. They and they're really they're not cheap Chinese knockoffs that you can't be sure of the security of them. They are they are uh, well attested to having good security. Yeah, I've got a Wise Cam myself. It's really good. right, and they have a feature now called Cam Plus for a dollar twenty five a month. You get unlimited video, so it will continually okay. video oh, okay. what's going on. Believe me, it's probably going to be your dog sleeping for 24 hours, you know, for like 12 <laughs> hours while right. you're gone. But, or running around or, or listening to somebody in the house and it wants to start moving. But no, it, it gave me peace of mind, especially when mine was ill, because I, I had one that used to have, um, she used to do convulsions, epileptic seizure type things. So yeah, it was good that we knew what was going on. Okay. Yeah, my my take on that. Um, I don't I don't have a wise, and that does sound interesting. I don't think I'm going to get it though, because I Piper's with me almost all the time, and she's in the office with me, and and I and I try not to travel too much. Uh, so I was trying to think of a way, like if if I wanted to do this without buying a specific camera, um, my my mind immediately went to the fact that I have an Echo Show, and so I figured, um, because I have it set in, I set I have it set up to do the drop in feature. It could it could totally work as a similar thing. So if you have a Echo Show, you could just set the set the Echo Show near where where little Piper's going to be hanging out all the time, and then you just you drop in on her because it doesn't need someone on the recipient side to activate the camera. So and then it does do audio as well. So you could. I, I feel like I feel like that's sort of like 
I don't know, like, like unauthentic. Like I want to, like, if I'm going to talk to Piper, I want to pet her. Like I, <laughs> I would feel like my, my voice would just make her want to come find me. And uh. yeah, that can be the, the wise cam lets you talk to. Mm-hmm. And I tried it once and the poor thing just went crazy. Yeah. So like, forget yeah. it. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. But either way, you can still just drop in and, and check them out and see what's going on. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's a good, if you've already got an echo show, they have cameras built in. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a that's a good that's a good solution without buying extra stuff. How about uh, fun toys that you can get for your for your pets? Uh, you know, dogs or cats or whatever. But uh, I, I guess we're concentrating a lot on dogs. Some of this is good for cats too, <laughs> yeah. like the the cameras and the collars and that sort of stuff. But uh, what do we have for the for you know uh, fun with the pets? Well, one thing I saw because I was looking through some lists was this device called an iFetch. And it has a companion now called I Dig. And I, I've had Karen Terriers. They like to dig. So the, the I Dig is, is now looking appealing. But the I, what the I Fetch does is that you teach your dog how to take – they love tennis balls. Dogs love <laughs> tennis balls. It's the cheapest piece of technology you could buy for the dog. They'll bring them back. And what you do is you teach the dog to drop it in the – the whole of this container and then it immediately shoots it back out again because dogs love to play fetch they do love and they love to run after the the tennis ball so this is for people who don't have the time sometimes to do that and this will keep the dog apparently amused for hours or just don't <laughs> want to touch the gross gross tennis ball oh, yeah. yeah i know <laughs> i know i'd totally buy this if i had a dog <laughs> And then the iDig works in a lot the same way where it's where it's a it's a disc that they can kind of get into and underneath it you put treats and toys and things that they can find. Okay. So if you're trying to keep them a little bit more quiet but still occupied, that especially if they're an older dog, that seems to be so I'm I'm definitely gonna invest in the iDig if I get another dog. Yeah. Because it'll be another Karen Terrier again. But um, these two looked very interesting. I did see one called Wicked Bone. And it's sort of along the same premise where the bone sort of acts on its own. And the dog, it tries to entice the dog. But then I saw pictures of dogs who had not treated the bone very well. <laughs> mm, yeah. you have, look, a tennis ball is easier to replace than a $199 yeah. Wicked Bone. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you could see that they were eating the plastic and stuff like that. Like, no, some dogs have really strong jaws, and they can go through stuff like that. So, tennis balls are a little easier. Yeah, I so far I haven't bought any tech gadgets or toys uh, per se, and I and I tend to think, um, I guess, uh, along the lines of, of you, Joanne, that I don't want to spend something that expensive just to have it kind of chewed up. Um, Piper doesn't really fetch. I mean, she would probably go chase a, a tennis ball, but she's not She's not like a go fetch and bring it back and kind of thing. She would rather sit on the floor and pull out all the stuffing of every toy. Oh. And <laughs> she doesn't eat it. She just like pulls out all the stuffing, you know. So, so I, you know, I, I'm not sure if I would get any of these kind of things. Is that breed a digger? Do they dig? You know, she doesn't. I, I don't think so. At least she doesn't. She And she is like primarily an indoor dog. So she goes outside to do her thing and then she comes back in. She doesn't really hang out outside. So 
Um, you know, so for me, it's more just giving her things to do in the house. And some of that is, is almost just kind of the old fashioned tech, you know, that like the toys or, you know, sticking peanut butter in the little, uh, I forget what it's called. It's a little, it's a little kind of rubber toy that has a hole Uh, on the inside. You stick, yeah, you stick the peanut butter in there and then she's, (laughs) she's going to go at that for a while. And yeah, I um, used to have what was called the everlasting treat ball and you would stick it full of treats or food and then. Let them mine, mine three minutes, yep. all of them, three <laughs> minutes. They would get everything out of this ball and look at me and go, four. Yep. <laughs> there was yeah. a couple um, that, that we have a, a, a link that we'll give of, of some kind of must-have devices, that you will. And I was kind of looking through that list, and there was some what I thought might be fun ones. So I, and this one actually relates more to cats. Um, I grew up with cats, so they do um, love laser pointers. And this one looked really fun. It was an interactive um, laser pointer that sort of was automatic and <laughs> would kind of keep the cats uh, busy for a while. Um, and it's only 25 bucks. So that's, I mean, so that's, you're going to spend, I don't know, at least probably half that for a laser pointer. So it's not, it's not too bad for price. Um, some of the other things that, that kind of struck my attention, but probably still not going to get was, um, Piper does eat on a, on a somewhat regular schedule. So she, I don't just leave food out constantly for her. And they do have some things like a, an automatic feeder that would give your dog or cat, you know, a certain portion of food at a certain time every day, you know, in case you missed your, you missed it, or you had a busy day at the office and you couldn't get to feed the dog or cat, you know, so some of those things are, are kind of fun. Um, I'm not sure what else I would get though. So automatic yeah, the old cat. fashioned stuff seems to be. Yeah. I mean, so some of the things it's less about toys and more about like, you know, the automatic feeders or, um, like automatic cat litter boxes and stuff like those things are, are kind of a, a must have. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And they've gotten, I mean, they, they've had automatic, you know, litter boxes for a while where it's just like, it, it senses it, the cat breaks the, the, the beam, the, right. you know, the eye beam. And, and after the cat gets out, it, it scrapes through the, the sand, you know, the, the cat litter. Uh, but they've gotten even more high tech than that. I mean, some of these things are really, they sense, you know, they have moisture sensors and they, uh, you know, the, the whole nine yards. It's, it's kind of amazing how they've gotten. Oh, yeah, that's it. I saw two of those on my way through, which was which was one, which is a smart dog toilet in which in which you're number one. I'm going to use the numbers (laughs) one and two. Um, Number one goes through the mesh top and then it goes into it drains into some sort of a um, container on the side reservoir. And then when that's full, you take it out and dispose of it. The other one, which I thought was interesting, was the Brilliant Pad Automatic Indoor Dog Potty. Now, for, for us who live in New England, the worst thing you need to want to do is take your dog out in the middle of a snowstorm. I'm sure that's the same in Wyoming. Mm, <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So you know, yes. you know the feeling. So apparently this thing, okay, and, and it, mostly for folks at home, you know, for folks who work during the day, it almost looks like a scroll with a pad in the middle dog goes on it there's a camera that you know senses what's going on when the dog is finished it will wrap it up into a little package of some sort put it somewhere and then give you a picture of the dog going nice that's what i need 
It's like yeah. something phone. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I need something like that when I take her to the park. I, I hate yeah, yeah, having can, to pick up after her. Yeah, an automatic scooper. Yeah. It's just a little like a like an outdoor Roomba that follows the dog. <laughs> that won't freak the dog out. <laughs> this almost made me think of what, what they have with the diaper genie. Yeah. So you put the thing in and it's or if hermetically seals it up and I mean oh, if it my works, gosh. it's a beautiful thing. Yes, I still remember mm-hmm. that I still have, you know memories of diaper genies oh. uh, <laughs> so glad i don't do that anymore uh but the the other one too the, the both of these well uh, well this one is like so you said it's got wi-fi it's it's smart connected it like you said it sends you a picture um it's a replaceable mat like that it that that it wraps the the, the doo-doo in um and uh and so it packages it for you so you don't have to really deal with it too much that would be especially good for uh, potty training you know indoor house 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 training the dogs um because yeah i remember that mess of <laughs> training training a, a dog when they're not trained yet um interesting interesting idea and then you were talking about pet feeders um this one i thought was the most interesting it's called the Surefeed microchip pet feeder and it it assumes that well you can do it one of two ways you it assumes your dog has a microchip and if you have more than one pet, if you had, I've seen the feeders that you can get, and but it looks like pets can get into them, other pets. So this would go specifically for the one animal, dog or cat, and when it gets near it and breaks the beam, will open up the food and will allow the, the pet to eat and then it won't let anybody else in. If you don't have a microchipped dog, however, I guess you can buy a collar that has the chip in it. Um, I, I used to have my dogs on a feeding schedule when I was home. I would rather feed them when I'm home rather than have them feed while I'm not home. Um, but, you know, with the technology now, gee, I could get one of those self-cleaning dog potties, have the feeder right next to it. I could be out for 12 hours and the dog would be fine and never miss me. <laughs> so chipping is the, is what is is something you do now like you you uh take your when you get a, a pet you take it to the vet and they insert a microchip under the skin uh that allows them to, it's a basically an id tag it's a serial number for mm-hmm. your dog so yep. that if the dog gets out gets picked up by the you know by a stranger by the dog you know the animal control officer they they have a scanner that they can scan and get your information to bring the dog back to you um, so this seems an interesting, another way to sort of a secondary usage for the microchip, um, which is it's sort of an NFC tag for your dog well, yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Is Piper chipped? She is. Yes. Yeah. My next one is going to be, I, I, we didn't have it with the first couple, but we're getting older and we can't run as fast. So yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> the next mm-hmm. one right. will be chipped. Good idea. But uh, there's interesting, I mean, the, these the microchip pet feeders are—they're not cheap. It's a, like this one's 180 bucks, um, but they have ones that are motion activated that are not microchipped. That is like 40 bucks. So it, you know, and they can—I think it says. I'm um, looking at the the information. It says it can be set for a time, so like it it only it will only open for the dog within a particular window of time as well. Or cat. I say dog, but it could be cat um, as well. And uh, then this and some of these have smart. Uh, you know app smartphone apps that are connected to them to do various things they'll tell you when they're eating and that sort of stuff but that's uh that's where some of the expenses as well see my thing with tech is if, if 
for it's to give me peace of mind if I'm gone long periods of time because of my work. I mean, Father, and both of you understand, working for the church, sometimes you are out 12 hours straight and you can't get back home. But some of this other stuff is like gimmicky. To me, it's gimmicky as a pet owner. And it's like, no, just give me something to make sure the dog is comfortable, the dog can do their business and not, you know, I have to come home and clean a mess up. That kind of stuff is, is more what I'm interested in. We don't, we don't want all the tech to take care of the animals for us. So that way, you know, we just don't do anything. Cause part of the point of having a dog or a cat is that you are <laughs> interacting with them and taking care of them. And, you know, so if you just, if you have technology do it all, then why do you, why do you have an animal anyway? That's so, so fun. Right. Right. Yeah. Part of, part of this is, there's a huge industry, a pet, a pet industry, and they're pumping our products like crazy. It's a consume, it's another consumer thing. I mean, I think it's like some people spend like thirty billion dollars a year on their pets in America. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's a, it's like a huge number, and everyone's trying to get their piece of the pie. And there's a temptation. There's this, and this is a spiritual element of this to, to, to get be consumerist and be all about you know money, spending money, money, money as a as a way of expressing you know either my love for the pet or to make me look good to others you know as a part of my self esteem and we have to be careful like there's one thing to and this is overall with tech tech is there to serve a purpose it it helps us in our lives it's not there as a way to waste money and make us feel good or look better to others uh that's then it becomes something else that could be sinful uh, and I think that's an important distinction, including with pet tech. Well, that's why I threw this last thing on the list. Believe it or not, there is a genealogy kit for your pet. <laughs> okay. It's called Embark DNA Test. <laughs> but like human DNA tests, there's also a health and uh, benefit to it as well. If you, a lot of people don't go for purebreds. I mean, we do just because we know the breed we, and we understand the breed's needs. That's important. You have to know when you get a dog or a cat that these animals, certain ones are, are subject to certain diseases, certain maladies in their life. If you know that ahead of time, then you can sort of plan for things like pet insurance. Um, so, but if you get a rescue dog, a lot of them are mixed breed. And you don't know what they are. So apparently DNA is now coming to the rescue and giving you a profile of the dog's mixture so that you can know, okay, this is a Scottish Terrier and a Norfolk Terrier. Well, somebody has hip dysplasia in here. Somebody has a breathing problem in here. And this way you cannot be caught by surprise later on. So I think that might be worth the money. Now, what isn't worth is finding the relatives of your pet, putting your pet, you know, <laughs> yeah. building it. That kind of stuff is, is superfluous. And people can say, well, that's gimmicky. Yeah, that part is gimmicky. But if, I, if my next dog comes from a shelter and it's a mixed breed, yeah, I want to find out what it is just so I can take care of it the right way, feed it the right way, and know what it's coming down the road. Yeah. You don't want to do it just to find it like your your dog's related to some famous dog. Well, my dog's great great grandmother was Lassie. <laughs> yeah, not interested. <laughs> I'm still looking for the bank robbers in my family. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. my dog was the dog of the Golden State Killer. No, yeah, there kidding. you go. Yeah. So, all right. Um, is there any other pet tech? I think that that's uh, all the stuff we had in our list of of things we wanted to talk about. Um, 
But that's a good start. I think I think it's a, and I think we've come up with some good principles of the sorts of tech that that's worthwhile versus that's uh, frivolous or superfluous. I think everything we've talked here is mostly stayed on this on the side of not frivolous. Uh, some of it gets a little mm. on the edge, uh, but you know it, there are use cases for for everything we talked about. Good. Uh, let's move on. I want to take a moment now to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including this time. S-A-M, that's what they put on their Patreon list, uh, Sam, maybe, Rob L., Joseph H., Tony L., and Gerardo E. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. All right, Father, you told me weeks ago that uh, you want me to save the E3 discussion for when you're on, so I did. Uh, I know that both Joanne and I are not a big uh, E3-type gamers. I, I have games that I like, and I in you know that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but I don't have any consoles. I'd love to have a console, but I, I just don't have any right now. But, but Father, what, what did you see at E3 2021, which they skipped last year, right? They didn't so have no, it? No, there, there was, there was a, a small E3 last year, but oh, it was okay. all virtual. Oh right, right, right. Okay. Um, and and that was that was unfortunately the same this year. Is is that the the various uh, gaming companies that participated all just created their their kind of standalone uh, video presentations, like like Apple did at WWDC, and you know that's the the that's COVID the world thing. that we live in. Yeah. Um. I I think next year they plan to do it in person again, and I think that that will be when it finally kind of has the 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 meat that that i think we all want i was i'm super excited about e3 because i'm i'm a millennial and so like i grew up with (laughs) with these consoles in fact it was interesting they pointed out xbox turned 20 this year wow (laughs) so like and i guess i i'm feeling old at that point because like i remember playing the original xbox 20 years ago um, so, so yeah, so I'm, I'm involved in, in all of these kind of things. Cause I, you know, play with my brother and, and he and I are, are big into this kind of stuff. So we're, um, always kind of watching the news. So E3 is, is the equivalent for gamers as WWDC is for Apple and, you know, all of that sort of thing. So, um, so I'm not going to go into too much depth here because I feel like you two are going to just kind of give me the deer in the headlights look. So <laughs> listeners, of course, if you want my take on something more specific, please reach out to me and I will be glad to, to talk. Um, but I guess just a couple kind of uh, key points. Um, it's sort it was sort of universally acknowledged, if you will, at least through kind of social media that Nintendo did the best, um, or at least it had the most exciting announcements. And I think part of the reason for that was Nintendo hasn't had a an official kind of they call them Nintendo Directs where they announce new games and um, kind of in an official capacity, but they haven't done one of those in almost two years. They've had smaller sort of uh, presentations throughout that time, but COVID just kind of messed all of this up. So Nintendo was, I think, the most anticipated, um, and so there was a number of things. Um, one of um, uh, one of the big announcements, I think, from them was a, a game called Metroid Dread. And if you've played the original Nintendo, you might have heard of Metroid. Uh, that's the original console it came out on. Um, but this was important because uh, they haven't had a, a main game from that in 19 years. So, so that was that hit some waves. Um, the new uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild two. They released more footage on that, which was also big. My. <laughs> uh, 
frustration with this and it, and it's totally on me. It's not on it's not on them, but I listen to too many rumors. And so a lot of the the rumor mill of what was supposed to be announced didn't get announced. And so I was sort of disappointed on that. Things that they thought would be announced would be um a new uh Nintendo Switch Pro is what they're kind of calling it, so a not a not a new console but an upgraded Nintendo Switch that would work with like 4K TVs and stuff which supposedly is still coming down the road, but nothing official from Nintendo. So, so some of the things that, or some of the games that I was hoping to announce, they didn't. Um, but that's, that's <laughs> for, for another conversation. Um, the other big one I think would have been Xbox and the new Halo game that's coming out this fall, Halo Infinite, for those of you who are, who are aware of that. And I think one of the big things there is that they announced that they're going to have a free to play multiplayer aspect of it which is not something that Halo has ever done. So I, I think that this is interesting because this will just draw in more players who don't want to pay for the actual game or the campaign, but but they might if they get involved in the multiplayer and find that they really like it. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and then one of the uh, perhaps uh, underrated gems of the whole thing was Xbox announced an Xbox Series X mini fridge. <laughs> and what's fun about this is if you look at the Xbox Series X, if you just Google an image of it, people were giving Xbox so much guff for the fact that it looks like a mini fridge. It's this big black box. <laughs> and so Xbox, rather than sort of trying to explain it away or or do anything, they embraced it and are creating a mini fridge. Not that I'm going to get one, mind you, but. It's coming this Christmas, so uh, perhaps the gamer in your life would, would need an Xbox mini fridge. That is so. kind of awesome. I, I love it when companies sort of lean into criticism. Like, sure, okay, yeah, it looks like a fridge. So we'll make a <laughs> fridge. <laughs> well, and, and social media is just, uh, it's such an interesting beast because they announced the Xbox Series X and they announced the, the PlayStation 5. And there was immediate comparisons on like what they looked like and critiques and comments. And some of them, of course, are just just mean. But it's like <laughs> everybody has an opinion. And and yeah, it's it's nice to see Xbox sort of embracing the uh, the, the fun, you know, side of, of this whole thing. So that's cool. Any Star Wars uh, games announcements? Was there anything? Not new? specifically. No, mm-hmm. um, there, there are like a number of of. Um, kind of older games that are being re-released um but nothing i think ea is still working on on or i think it's ea still working on a newer one yeah um i think i remember hearing about that uh but i i forget exactly the details on that one okay well all right so interesting interesting so thank you for for sharing that um yeah so I, listeners please reach out to me i'll I'll talk more but <laughs> i'm probably <laughs> joanne's probably giving me this look that's like uh, I'm okay. I'm surviving. <laughs> it's just not her thing. I'm always like, I want to get a like a PS5 or an Xbox. I want to play some of these games, but it's just not mm-hmm. in the cards for me. It's too yeah. much. Too much. I need to spend money on that. Kids are too expensive. Just too you, expensive. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to uh, some some of our headlines that we wanted to talk about. First one up is this is a nostalgia for me. This is the Hubble Space Telescope. Is is sort of. It's 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 old and creaky. I, I sympathize because, you know, I'm old and creaky. Uh, the 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 computers on the Hubble, which launched in 1990, by the way, and thus has a 1980s era computer, 
uh, his starting to fail, which, you know, I'm God bless him. It, That's it lasted impressive. This long. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, you know, everyone remembers the Hubble for when it first launched, it had an error, like a, a flaw in the, in the mirror. But then NASA came back and they, they put a, uh, what was it, a software fix in that compensated for it, which is awesome. That's an amazing feat. And Hubble has been up there all this time. There And there are newer space telescopes that we have up there. There's the Webb and some other ones. But the Hubble is a, it's, it's a nostalgic favorite, I think, for a lot of us space fans. Uh, but uh, there's an issue with the payload computer on the Hubble. Um, they've attempted to reboot because that's the first thing you do when you have a computer problem is you reboot it. And uh, they have a degrading computer memory module. Oh, bad RAM. Everyone knows bad RAM. So uh, they, they've attempted to switch to a backup. That didn't work. So um, it's in it's in a basically a, a hibernation mode. And I don't know if they plan to, you know, go up and you know, bring it in for you know, kind of maneuver up and bring it in for servicing or what they have planned for it. But um, uh, the, it, 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 it's awesome that it's been up there this long. Computing back in the 80s is definitely different than now. Oh, yeah. So, yes, when you say that's an impressive thing, it is for it to be working this long usually by now most of the stuff that was thrown up there is gone 40 years yeah, yeah. so it's still creaking and hey i hope yeah. I, I hope i keep creaking with it <laughs> at yeah. this point <laughs> yeah i mean if you think about it because it has to be hardened against radiation and cold and the heat because of the extremes of both uh you know as you're in the sun or you're in the in the dark so it it is amazing to, to that these things survive this long and I give them credit for wanting to keep it going because to build a new one would just be astronomical at this point. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, really. <laughs> really, no, it's late. Um, it's, 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 no, to build another one yeah. I think would be cost ineffective. Yes. So they've, they've got keep, newer ones up there, but you know, if you can keep this stuff going for as long as possible, it, it, you know, it's, it's more than paid for itself in, in the discoveries it's made. Yeah, so awesome. Keep going, Hubble. So uh, the next story I wanted to talk about is this. Uh, it's a very interesting story. Frank McCourt is a billionaire real estate guy. He used to own the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's actually from Boston originally. Uh, moved to L.A., you know, where he uh, became famous and rich, uh, like all people. And uh, he's he's an older guy, but he's kind of seen one of the problems that a lot of us have recognized is in social media and the monolithic aspect of Twitter and Facebook pretty much controlling social media. And the reason I, I talk to people all the time, everyone hates Facebook and Twitter, but nobody leaves, even though there are alternatives, because you, you'd have to rebuild from scratch. Well, and, and nobody's nobody's on the other platforms or your friends aren't on the other platforms. Right. And right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they won't leave because they're afraid nobody's going to go either. Like everybody has to go at once or nobody goes anywhere. Well, McCord has come up with this idea. He's calling Project Liberty, which is a basically a blockchain version of the social graph. And the, the, the what that is, is it's it's making or even like a an open source version of social of a social media connections of your social network. And what that mean what it, what that means is it would be a publicly accessible database of all of your social connections, all your friends connections, basically, whether the people you follow or people you're friends with, people who follow you. And that's that's your social graph. That's what it's called. Facebook calls it. And if that that's one of the things that makes Facebook such a 
uh, uh, powerhouse is because they own it. They control it. They have that data. You can't just take it with you. And But if you make it public accessible, then any company, any social media company can hook into that and say, look, you, you already have your social network. We'll give you these tools for communicating with people via you know, the, the, these people. And it becomes about you know com- competition about who can create the better tool rather than who can lock everybody into the same place, the same network. Uh, and I, 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 I love the idea. I don't know how practical it is, but uh, I think it's I, I would love to see some competition for the, the big two social media networks. You know, if if again, if work wasn't on, I've said this before here, if work wasn't on Facebook, if my family wasn't on Facebook, I wouldn't be on Facebook just because of just because of what I consider the data suck. You know, they're just that's what they do. And yes, there is a price to having things that are free. But there's also there's also should be a responsibility because you're dealing with people's information that some of it some of it's frivolous but a lot of it is important to them at least maybe not to you but to them and if somebody can come up with something that will you know help alleviate some of that and maybe kind of put folks on notice and ease up because I'm not on Twitter anymore only because nobody's there you know we we have a Twitter account but it doesn't I don't see anybody on it so we we have to go where the people are, and that's Facebook, Instagram. They tell us that all the time. You know, you've got to be where they are if you want to get your message across. Twitter has become, for many people, a very toxic environment. It's it's, it's I, I I've been on Twitter more lately, and the, it it I could see how easy it is to slip into the. The, uh, the 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 more toxic kinds of conversations that go on there it's it's a tempest in a tiny teapot a lot of times <laughs> yep. um have it decentralizing the whole thing i think could have some some good benefits one of the things is you know yeah you you've you you make it easier from move from one platform to another so if you get banned on one it doesn't mean you're you're blocked out of all your your friend relationships with people uh on the other hand if you get banned for a good reason that could follow you like you you are tied to your social graph so like that this is you know if you if you're misbehaving that that behavior stays with you it's and i think it's good because it might remove some of the uh anonymity that people sometimes have and like they create profile after profile after profile, fake profiles to, you know, to harass people, to troll and all that sort of stuff. So I kind of like if, if it can deal with some of that stuff and authenticating people. And I think I could I'd go a long way to helping with some of this. I think that's just going to be a challenge to, to, to try to see to fruition, though. I, I, I love the idea of it, but like, I just I don't see Facebook you know, like going away or, or even having a competition enough that there that enough people would would leave Facebook to go to a to a, you know, a competing service. Well, this is the this is the problem, right? In order right. like th- this, it's still the same hurdle. You're just going to a decentralized alternate social network. Facebook is not going to implement this. So, you, you know, it's you're going to have to get everybody who are who's willing to leap. You got to convince people to leap off of Facebook to this other thing. and you know that's going to be the big hurdle if we can get people off that might be enough but i find more people are willing to just delete 
social media altogether rather than just jump to a different one. Yeah, I think so. so. I I don't know. I, I, I love it, the idea, but I just, I don't see it happening. Right, right. I, I agree. It's, it's, they have a, they have a big climb ahead of them. Uh, I wish them all the best, but uh, it's right. a big climb. Yeah. Uh, so, and then another, another story I want to talk about is, uh, Apple has announced or released its public betas for all its operating systems, iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, Mo- uh, Monterey, macOS, um, uh, Monterey, guys... Monterey's not out yet. Oh, it's not out yet. Okay. No. Just the, just the, um, the other three. And, uh, so uh, have you all leapt onto the betas? <laughs> Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which ones? Which ones have got you riding close to the edge here, Father? What do you got? What, what did so, you go with? So I just a couple hours ago downloaded the iOS 15 beta for my phone, um, and it really doesn't feel that much different. Actually, it's uh, just kind of quickly going through my apps. They all work. You know, no, no initial kind of uh, red flags or catastrophes. Uh, some, some of the things, you know, look slightly different, but not, not too bad. Uh, the weather app is a lot better. I like that. There's more information on that. Um, notifications um, are now sort of grouped into, I forget exactly what they call them. Oh, but, I like but, that idea. Yeah. But, yeah. The, the notifications are, are done better. They're doing smarter, um, smarter notifications, like at different times of the day and, grouping them yeah. together yeah there, I like that. there's this whole there's this whole thing with they've they've expanded the do not disturb to now include um i think they call it so they call it do not disturb sleep personal and work and so you can like focus set, modes yeah yeah yep yep you can set certain apps to send notifications like if you're on personal but not go through if you're on work mode or um if you if you're on sleep or uh so so some of those are, are kind of fun i haven't really played with them yet but um but yeah, I, I I always like to to get the new beta on my phone. So, and Joanne, what did you install? Well, I've got iPad OS 15, <laughs> and I have widgets. <laughs> That's the one I'm looking forward to. Is widgets on my iPad? Yes, I have I have actual widgets now that I don't know <laughs> yes. what to do with and how to make them bigger and <laughs> take up half a screen. It hasn't. I haven't figured that out yet. This is only like less than an hour old. So, and, but so far I've been clicking my, again, my apps too, to make sure nothing's, you know, falling apart. No showstoppers. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, if my fly, if my poor Evernote goes down, I'm dead, but <laughs> it didn't. But no, I'm looking forward to, especially the notification, um, especially the bigger widgets. And I'm, I want to get into quick note because I think at some point I'm looking at getting, I hate to say I want to get out of Evernote because I've been with it forever. But if this quick note thing turns out to be something that's going to be really super useful, then I may just grab all my Evernote stuff and bring it into notes. And I've, I've got about six months till my subscription comes up again. So I'm going to see what I'm going to do in those six months and see what happens. So quick note is a thing where you tap the screen with your Apple Pencil and it pops up and you can, it's very quick to, to take a note right off the bat like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it has the app library now. I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but <laughs> right. So uh, I have not leapt into the betas, <laughs> and I'm probably going to hold back. So one of the things is that a lot of the the best features now, some of these features like the widgets on the iPad are, are really uh, the, I'm looking for that. But some of the best stuff is the stuff that integrates between all the devices, between the Mac and the iPad and the iPhone and the watch, and 
Monterey's not out. And I just, I don't want to, I don't want to ride on the edge and convert all my stuff. Like the watch would be the, is the worst beta to do because if you, if it, if it breaks your watch, you got to go mm, to the store. Yeah. Like you just nothing, you can't do anything. You can't reboot it uh, yourself. So that's, that's the one that's like the worst. And in general, my, my feeling with public betas, especially like of the operating systems is I generally wait till the second public beta to get all the show stopping error. Like, yeah, but you mentioned there aren't, you don't see any. And this, I think I've heard that this is a, a less of a leap in operating systems. Well, this is the second beta. When I, when I pulled it in, it said it was the second public beta. Second beta public, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's what it said. Huh. Cause, uh, cause there've been a couple of developer betas already and I've heard some developers complaining. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I I'm going to hold off a little bit, a couple of weeks. Uh, it's very tempting It is very tempting, but, uh, yeah. And I, and I think it would be just important to throw this out there that if you are an average user and you don't want to risk things, just wait for the public release in the fall. But if you're adventurous and if you're willing to, I mean, make sure you to back up your, your device before you do this. But if you're adventurous and you're willing to take that risk, it can be a lot of fun. Uh, but it definitely doesn't have any just so it doesn't have a new feature that's just so incredibly necessary. I mean, you're, you're you could be on, you know, two versions of iOS ago and you can still do just about everything. So. That's one of the reasons why I don't do it on my phone, because my phone is so important and my watch is also important and the computer is. But the iPad, I have a little bit of leeway there. So and I have a backup iPad. So if anything happens, I can always switch. So that's why the new iPad got it, because it's supposed to be able to, you know, run on this one very well. In in my descending order of uh, things that that I cannot do without this, <laughs> so I won't put the beta is my mac because i needed to like this mac anyway that i'm working on i have a laptop that i might install the monterey public beta on because it's not as important but this mac my watch because it's really hard to recover from that my phone because the phone is just too important and then the ipad uh because uh that like you said joanne it's less vital to my daily workflow and um, and frankly i like the idea of getting those widgets on the home screen that, oh yeah uh, that just really nice idea Awesome. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll check in with you guys as we go on you know, through the summer, see how it's going with the uh, with the beta, see, see how it is. Excellent. So let's uh, move quickly to our picks of the week. Joanne, what's your pick this week? My pick is an old favorite of mine called Flipboard. It's yes, it's a news aggregator, but I find it, especially on an iPad, to be extremely useful. I, I can't seem to use it on the phone because of the size. I don't have a Mac's phone. But on an iPad, it is the perfect thing to be able to, I like, because uh, you, you, you go through and you, it'll ask you, what would you like to see? So I have pets, I have Mac software, I have Broadway musicals, genealogy. Yes, I want the news of the day. And then it goes out and finds all of the all these things now normally in an aggregator would just be a whole bunch of lists but these are the actual pages of the sites or close facsim you know facsimile so that when you click on it you go to that page and you read right off the site now buyer beware it is free so you know some of these pages are going to have are going to have ads on them that don't let you read anything 
There you're also going to come across the occasional, oh, you don't pay for this content. <laughs> you know. And then there's the then if it's out of this country, it's the lovely, you know, European, please accept the cookies. I accept these cookies all the time. <laughs> but it still is for me the best way for me to get news from all over. You know, because newspapers now are gone, basically, or you or if you subscribe to your home newspaper, it's usually on your iPad, too. Um, but I just like it a lot. And then I can change if I want to create my own flipboards to to um, share with other people. You can do that. I don't do that. I just want I'm. I, it, this is just content. I want to see stuff. And sometimes, Tom, this is where I get stuff to to add to our our show here because I'll find an article that's really interesting and go, ooh, I, I can take it from Flipboard and put it right into our lovely little Slack. Yeah, there have been a lot of news aggregators over the years, especially for iPad. But this was the first one. This was, for a lot of people, this was the reason to get an iPad 10 years ago because this was such a great app uh, for aggregating content. You could put RSS feeds in it. You could put your Twitter feed or your Facebook feed and it will aggregate articles that your friends share on Twitter or Facebook, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a great little app. Uh, uh, it's been around forever. And what's the first thing I, I flip to? How to restore your iPhone from iOS 15 beta back to <laughs> iOS 14. <laughs> we'll be saving that one for you, Father. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that Flipboard was, I think, what I went to when the whole RSS feed uh, Google Reader thing went away. And Flipboard was my uh, replacement for that. And so I, I do really, really like Flipboard. Yeah, yeah. It's been great. All right. Awesome. Father, what's your pick this week? So mine deals with, with pet tech. And this is a, actually, it's in response to one of Joanne's critiques of the AirTag uh, whole thing on, on putting those for your track, for tracking dogs or cats. Um, mine is a silicone case that's compatible with AirTags, and it's uh, made for a dog collar. So it's it's $9. It's this little silicone dark blue um, case that you stick the AirTag in if you want to use that for your for your tracker. But what it does is it doesn't dangle like the... Like, like your tags do, it actually has slots in the in the case where it will it will lie flat against the collar and essentially be part of the collar rather than hang low. So hopefully Piper wouldn't. Well, Piper's not going to have one of these, but hopefully your dog wouldn't chew on it because it would be it would be flush against the, the their their collar. Yeah. From looking at it, that doesn't look like something they can get to. Mm -hmm. Right. Unless the collar were really loose. Which right. They would They'd, have, they'd be able to get the collar off. And then right, then really they'd be out of the collar. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Nice, inexpensive, uh, $8.99. Yeah, I found with a lot of the AirTag stuff that I've been trying out is these cases that some of them, are, the inexpensive ones, are really cheaply made and fall apart. Uh, this one looks doesn't look like that. This one looks like it's... Uh, you know, it's 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 silicone, so it's not like the best thing ever in the world. But uh, it doesn't look like it's going to fall. It's it's it looks like prone to falling apart and decaying really quick. Uh, so that's good. Awesome. So my pick is another one of these tiny. I'm going through my tiny little apps that are in my menu bar, and I've had this one forever. And this is called Quitter. Quitter for Mac OS. It's from uh, the programmer Marco Arment, who is does a lot of great apps. Uh does my favorite podcast app called Overcast. But Quitter has it's it's a it's a small app that does a, a two things really well or one thing in two in a couple different ways really well. 
what you what you do is um, you have there are apps that are distracting that distract me from work and I want them to to go away after a while. Like if I, if I I'm going to check Twitter and then uh, I'm going to stop and then I'm, and I don't always remember to quit it. So it's sometimes it hangs out there and I'm like, oh, I'll just check it again for a little for a minute. Um, what Quitter does is you can you tell it, OK, these apps after 10 minutes, hide this app or after 15 minutes, quit this app and, you know, take it away. And that's all it does. It's a very simple little program that just removes the temptation to deal to to deal with these, to, you know, to use these apps when you're trying to do your work. So what do I have in there? So like I have. I have um, Evernote actually in there, and I have Airtable. Now those are programs that I use; they're productivity productivity apps. But once I'm done using them, I, I don't want to. I don't want them cluttering up my screen. I want my you know my my screen nice and clean and clear. And so it hides them after a while. Um, that with photos will tend to. Um, one of the things I do that with photos is I have a a, a, a script when my wife. It, it's a complicated thing, but when my wife comes home, her phone knows to upload all of her new photos to Dropbox, a folder that we share. And I have Hazel looking at that Dropbox and it runs a script that imports them, all those photos into my iPhoto library so that we have one family iPhoto library because Apple has not figured out how to do a family photo library. <laughs> I don't know why, but they still haven't figured it out. Anyway, so this is my solution. But that means that photos is which is a resource intensive program is running in the background and I don't want it to stay running in the background. So after 20 minutes after launching or after the last time I use it, or, you know, so inactivity, it quits. Um, I do that with Tweetbot. I do that with preview. Uh, it's a great, it's just a simple little, it's free and it's a simple little app. It does one thing and it does it well. And that's, that's the epitome of these menu bar apps. Does it work with solitaire? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's, in fact, it probably comes with that rule built into it. Probably. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. Those are our picks this week. All right. So that'll do it for us. So what did you think of our discussion? If you have any questions on E3 for Father, if you have any ideas for cool pet tech that we missed or questions about pet tech or anything else we've discussed, you can let us know by giving us some feedback at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you'll find links from our discussion to everything we talked about and our picks of the week in our show notes at sqpn.com. Please, I'm asking you, begging you, go to Apple Podcasts right now, right now, and write a review. Give us a nice five-star review. We haven't had one in ages, and I'm feeling kind of sad and neglected that uh, maybe you guys don't like the show. And, uh, you know, but maybe you do. <laughs> do you like the guilt trip? I'm, I'm laying on there really thick. Catholic guilt. <laughs> Go to Apple Podcasts or one of the podcast directories. Write a review for us. I would really appreciate it. And share the podcast with your friends. Help us grow this wonderful community of listeners as we help each other with our tech. Until next time, Joanne Mercier, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thanks, Dom. Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you as well. Absolutely. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. The, the storms have held off. We've been able to complete the whole episode. And thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. <laughs>